0: Well, I just got back from swimming in the pool. And the water was cold. Uh, you mean shrinkage? Yes. Significant shrinkage.
1: For to talk sci-fi and we're at the cottage we're on the dock at the cottage i'm david Clinton.
2: and i am a very mellow troy harkin dave i'm loving the cottage experience here with you we're out on lake dalek which is uh for those of you in the uh sort of southern ontario region that's uh it's kind of between orillia and porlock just a little off the 400 um yeah, man, I, I had a good time getting up here too, David. Your place yes. is just
1: amazing. It's uh, I'm just gonna, I don't know if you uh, can hear that.
2: Got a cold one?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just pouring a bit of this stuff. So, you know Alrighty. what? Why does the musculature hey. guard
2: its musk? Why, why? Cottage. Oh, cheers. There you go. Well, cheers. That was a, have a, that was a thick, beery sound there. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be looking into some shrinkage today. Uh, made, uh, I guess, the term made famous by George Costanza in uh, the Hamptons episode of of Seinfeld. That's a perfect uh, thing for us as we sit out here on the dock and uh, just uh, take in the good life. Um, oh, I have to tell you, David, when I was coming up. Uh, I stopped by at the four hundred market for the first time, and uh, I've not been to a flea market well, certainly in the past two years, but in in ages and I love just wandering around a flea market and checking out things and anyway, yeah, I'm glad to be here, glad to be out of the car now and just sitting on the dock
1: yeah, this is kind of the life if you just you know you're just taking in the weather, you're just take in the wonder i mean other than this. Damn mosquito oh, man. thing!
2: I think I need, it's yeah. I think it's it's there. You go. Um, yeah, I need to those... get you some some off. Some off. Actually, you know what? In a little bit, I need you to uh, I just put a little sunscreen on my back there because there's just one area I just I can't I can't quite reach, and I always get that little round burn mark. So, uh, oh, when I get the off, I'll, I'll go get the uh, uh, the banana boat stuff as well. Yeah, not not the bad, Harry Belafonte.
1: Harry Belafonte. Um, one thing for those who may not be aware what the, the shrinkage is, is uh, more commonly, and it's not as sexy a title, but uh, people throw the word miniaturization. It's the idea of making something that's just regular size into something that's much smaller. Things like the fly, Um and for, for for both of us, I guess we have our own experiences with it. Like part of the, the two old farts is that whole remembrance of early genre memories. And for me, Land of the Giants, um, where they're flying around. And for some reason, they're just so much smaller than everything else. And everyone else appeared to be giants with one of my, because that was in the mid to late 60s. I think that was Irwin Allen, right? Yep.
2: Yep. That was hold on now now see I know this is the downside of me being um, the analog guy because I do like my old school technology and whatnot. You are able to pull things up on your phone or if you were at home your laptop. Um, me, I need to either like uh, carry an Oxford around with me or I've got my pocket stuffed full of notes. So let me pull out from from my shorts. Okay. Uh, I have here "Land of the Giants," aired on ABC for two seasons, beginning in 1968. Um, and that's a show I yeah I definitely remember very very well as a kid. I loved it, and you know what? I still have my ViewMaster reels from uh, the pilot episode of of uh, "Land of the Giants." Uh, Okay, flipping my note over here, this series was created by Irwin Allen, yeah, you got that, who also gave us Lost in Space, Time Tunnel, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, and uh, films like Towering Inferno, and Poseidon Adventure, is that a nudist colony across, across the lake,
1: David? That's, that's, yeah.
2: Wow, that's, you really scored with your location here. Anyway, uh, the the show consisted of fifty one episodes. It starred Gary Conway, and when I saw that, I was thinking, is that the guy from Taxi? But that's uh, not the guy from Taxi. Um, Did not know that the theme music was composed by John Williams. And so in the pilot, a suborbital passenger spacecraft, the Spindrift, crashes on a mysterious – got to flip my note over – crashes on a mysterious planet that is not unlike Earth, but where the inhabitants and all things are gigantic. So they are the little party, the the members of the Spindrift. Um, And I watched the pilot episode recently, and it was cool to see that um, it was an integrated cast – And um, it actually looks really amazing. Uh, The show had a massive budget, from what I understand, for television at the time. And you could tell just by uh, checking it out. There's clips on YouTube. There's a few episodes on YouTube. And, man, the thing looks good. And um, maybe not as good as I recalled when I was, I guess, four. But um, I think it kind of holds up. It's a nice timepiece.
1: Yeah, I think I would have been six or seven or eight at the time. Um, I did have a bit of a crush on the the two women and Heather Young and Deanna Lund. Now, one of the characters, and I mean, this wasn't that different. I mean, I guess you can stretch it, but it wasn't really a family, but with Lost in Space and this. This one also had this uh, actor, Kurt Kasner, who, to me, seemed like the... The, the, the bad guy, the 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 funny sort of bad guy in Lost in Space, um, he's sort of played that kind of role as someone who's trying to work against what the crew is trying to do. Is almost uh, a similar character. Yeah. Um, and for sure, that one was certainly a very early memory for uh, that. Some of the things I think about. Um, hold it! Was that this the call of a loon I just heard?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, David, your shoulder, uh, mosquito, oh. mosquito. There, you got it. Thanks. Good reflexes. Um,
1: <laughs> but um, when it comes to, to to you know when we were young, remember, there's a lot of stuff that that is genre that we don't think about it that way, just because it's more like stuff for for kids. But something like the Borrowers here's a whole family that are small that I think live in like the floorboards or the sideboard and they're able to come out and then sort of take food scraps from the, the regular size family that's in the house. And they somehow, that's why they're called the borrower They keep borrowing. I mean, I guess it was better titled than the Steelers. <laughs> um, the freaking rats. Yes. Um, but do you remember that one? The borrowers at all? Or? I do.
2: I do. Yeah. And that makes me think of um, sort of another one from our childhood, which was Horton Hears a Who. Um, not to be confused with Horton Hears the Who, which is another, uh, you know, I, I love me some who. Tommy, can
0: you hear
2: me? So the book, I didn't realize the book had been around so long, but um, the Dr. Seuss book, Horton Hears a Who, was published in 1954 according to the note on my forearm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, the TV special followed um, how the, the success of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, it was also directed and animated by um, animation legend Chuck Jones. Um, and it aired on CBS in March 1970. So, So for those who aren't familiar, um, Horton the elephant hears a voice come from a floating speck of fluff. Uh, the voice is that of Doctor Hoovy of Hooville, um, and the Hooville inhabitants don't believe there is anything larger than them, that there's a world beyond them. And Horton the elephant's fellow jung- jungle dwellers—I <coughs> had, had a tin bit stuck in my throat there—they um, think he's crazy were thinking that there could be a microverse living on a bit of speck. And that whole concept really did blow my mind as a kid. It was one of the first sort of like uh, kind of sci-fi concepts that um, my brain had to deal with. Um, And, uh, you know, because really we're sort of getting into ideas that are those of quantum physics. And the cartoon itself was harrowing. Uh, Horton is almost boiled for proposing uh, the existence of Whoville. Um, and then there were these, uh, do you remember the monkeys, the, the Wickersham brothers, that sort of like tie him up and kidnap him, and they're the ones that uh, try to get him boiled?
0: we the Wickersham brothers, we're on to your plot. Pretending you're talking to those who are not. It's a deep, tight, evil, political plot. Pretending you're talking to who's
2: Who
1: not?
2: And uh, Horton... Well, they, they were able uh-huh. to
1: escape on the last train to Clarksville,
2: I think, right? That's, That's right. So. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that would be the malevolent monkeys, the, uh, the Wickersham brothers. <laughs> Zilch. Mr. Davalina. Mr. Bob Davalina. Mr. Davalina. Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch. Um and And we get the phrase from Horton here's a who a person's a person, no matter how small mm. um mm. anyway it's it's interesting it has a lot of different uh implications I guess, but and I don't want to go into too many of those, but um the overall idea of of the show I thought was pretty amazing. I mean how progressive and subversive was Theodore geisel or geisel um yeah. So th- those are probably my two earliest remembrances of shrinkage, other than you know, like the the, the uh, children's stories that we would have grown up with, like Alice in Wonderland.
1: And you you had a few, didn't you, that you had in mind? Yeah, yeah. One of them was uh, Gulliver's Travels. Um, at some point during the travels, he does shrink either he shrinks down or he just runs into this whole bunch of people that are like giants like just very large it's sort of like the idea of the concept of not just shrink it but the idea of and the same the like the 50, the attack of the 50 foot woman what you have is the difference between side like like you either run into giants or you get shrunk down it's just the fact that you are so much smaller than everyone else. The thing like with Lord of the Rings, where they're able to finally have the effects, that you have the halflings, or in uh, Harry Potter series, where you've got the, the guy that handles the uh, animals um, and is um, Hagrid, and the fact that he is not that large, but the, the, what they're able to do with the effects is to yeah. do that. they were able to finally get a good... Working knowledge or ability to do that in the Lord of the Rings films to make it so that you can't even tell the difference. Um, but certainly in Gulliver's Travels, it's, uh, one of the professors at U of T mentioned to me how there was a scene. I've forgotten this, or maybe just the way it's written is so kind of obscure, or, or just the way it's done is sort of in code. But basically, the, the guy, now, whether he shrunk down or he just runs into. People that are just giants. Some, someone should jack in the beanstalk where he basically goes up the, the beanstalk and actually runs into giants and stuff. Um, that he actually does run into to giants. And then there's this kind of a, I guess it would be, maybe they wouldn't be able to teach Gulliver's travels anymore because I believe that there was some kind of an explicit scene, um, which I can't get into right now. Uh, for fear of cancellation, so let's move on to. Let's move on. Um, yeah, let's let's on that note. Um, I so do f- I do have my, I do on my phone, and I can look it up a few things online. But go ahead, Troy. What? Do you think, oh, what I was you
2: just going to say, like um, going back to early literary shrinkage because I'm not sure Swift. Swift, I want to say is uh, what mid 19th century, I think, um, or is it later in 19th century? But uh, so I guess. Um, Alice in Wonderland is sort of around that time.
1: Um, and we know that. Um, I'm really bad with dates on that. The book by Jonathan Swift, Gulliver's Travels, looks like it was from 1728. Oh. Wow. Eight or so? 1726.
2: I didn't realize it was that early.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty early. But when it comes to. Um, and what was the other one you were mentioning? Uh,
2: Alice, Alice in Wonderland. That's Victorian, I believe.
1: Uh, no, it was from 2010. There was a 2010 film. I'm just <laughs> kidding, of course. But the novel by Lewis. Carroll,
2: You've been in the sun too
1: long, David. Yeah, it's it's a bit warm out right now. It says 1865. Yeah. That sounds right. Okay, so it's um, pre-Victorian, yeah. You're pretty good at, with that because I was I sometimes get a bit confused about well. My American geography is really bad, but also my history of things. Like I was, I was on this one quiz thing, and I just couldn't remember the rough decade with uh, Dickens and when he was writing a lot of his stuff, which turned out to be the eighteen forties. But I was way off, just trying to remember when that um, happened. Well, how bad but is Alison, your how bad is your American geography? Uh, I wouldn't even be able to tell you where where states are and stuff like that. It's it's pretty uh, sad.
2: Well, okay. I don't want
1: to. I don't want to get us in
2: trouble there either. But I mean, are you talking like flyover states, <laughs> which which nobody well, really knows guess, where they are, or yeah, yeah? Including but also
1: some some of the stuff is just how because I just don't travel that much and I, I do right. have to get out more. Is just how much of the states is even east of where Toronto is, like like it's oh yeah yeah of of us and much more towards the coast, and right? And so doesn't take much. To go south to get into much warmer weather, even during right. the winter months. That's right. Whereas we're used to freezing our balls off. That's so right. Keep- because
2: um, and I wasn't that familiar with it until a few years ago, but my wife was doing a lot of work in Nashville, and so I did the drive a couple of times, and um, so yeah, it was it was interesting, sort of literally connecting the dots uh, by doing a drive like that, and you know, you're um, you're in Ohio. And then, you know, as you get towards the southern part of Ohio, you're in Cincinnati, which we always sing the uh, theme to uh, WKRP once we uh, go over that bridge. That takes you into Kentucky. And you realize that, oh, my God, Cincinnati, it's already, like, hot and humid by the time you're in Cincinnati, right? Um,
1: What's weird is how close a lot of this from Toronto, like um – Uh, I was dating a woman that was from northern Ontario. Her family was from Erst, Ontario. So that's basically from Toronto, 10 and a half hours straight drive, straight north. Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised how far into the States you could probably go if you just went at that speed for 10 and a half hours directly south from Toronto. You, know, you could probably, uh, I don't know, get close, almost as close to Florida, perhaps. The, well, that's how bad I am with with yeah.
2: distances. Well, well, you could get Georgia or something. You could be um, having done that drive. Uh, you could be pushing Nashville. You'd definitely be uh, like in, in uh, uh, not St. Louis, um, Louisville, Louisville um, by by ten hours, and then you're getting close to. Uh, to Nashville after that.
1: Anyway. Um. So anyways, I've got, the, for, for my phone, I know we're at the cottage and stuff, and, and in some cases you don't get many bars on the cell phone, but uh, I found uh, under the, the website Den of Geek, that there's this uh, a thing called The Incredible Shrinking Movies. So you just Google The Incredible Shrinking Movies, and it's an article by Don K Kay, K A Y E. July 23rd of 2015 just to give a shout out and, and credit to uh, what I'm just quickly looking at and there's little images and stuff like that so they mention a few of the films and I'll just quickly go over just some of the titles without getting into the details of it oh just uh, before be you list. do go ahead before you do
0: uh, can you yeah, yeah, can yeah. you
1: pass
2: uh, the the bits, Dave thanks oh, for sure ah, yeah yeah excellent thank you
1: yeah and and these uh uh um practice,
2: Mm. Yeah, Make sure you
1: hydrate, though. Excuse me a second. That's good. So anyways, um, they list 12 shrinking moves. I'll just quickly go into the titles and years. They have the Wild Wild Planet from 1965 that I'm not familiar with. Attack of the Puppet People from 1958. That's their 11th vast 11th, most famous. 10 is Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves from 97. I think we all remember Honey, I like, Shrunk the Kids. Alice in Wonderland, of course, you had mentioned that, the, the 2010 film, which I actually, I mean, it wasn't the, the the greatest film ever made, but I think it was okay. The Incredible Shrinking Woman from 1981. So, when you say it wasn't,
2: the, it wasn't the greatest
1: film ever made, you're saying it's less than Working Girl? Oh, Working Girl is far better than than I think the Alice in Wonderland one.
2: But, you know, if Tim Burton was given the chance to do Working Girl, I think, you know, then, then we would know where things lay.
1: Yeah. And I think I think Alice in Wonderland was very good. And, and, of course, you remember, of course, the Tea Party and, of course, the Cheshire Cat and stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of us remember Alice in Wonderland as, as kids growing up. You had mentioned this to me just uh, a bit when we were sort of thinking about doing an episode like this before we decided, hey, why not go up to the cottage, just hang out? And then we thought, hey, why not just hang out on the deck and then... And then just talk a bit about shrinkage. You know, that's what two guys yep. do in the cottage. So, yep. uh, the Devil so, Doll the you had mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So, the Devil Doll from 1936 you had mentioned.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Devil Doll is uh, is crazy. Um, sorry, I'm confusing it with Doctor Cyclops for some reason. Let me. Okay, yeah, I got it. Devil Doll was uh, directed by Todd Browning, who also directed, of course, Dracula, the, the Bela Lugosi uh, Dracula, uh, as well as Freaks. Um, but uh, this was his second last film. Um, and it's as creepy AF as the kids say. Um, and I don't know if the kids actually say that or not. I don't, I don't really think they do. Um it really is it's it's really super creepy uh it stars Maureen O'Sullivan and Lionel Barrymore in a dual role that is like borderline I would put it in the same category as um Anthony Perkins and psycho um it's he does like an incredible job and the special effects um were great I mean this film is what did I say nineteen thirty six yeah yeah. Um, now there had been there had been some um, miniaturization effects prior to that, and what I'm thinking of particularly, it's funny how you can never separate Frankenstein and Dracula. But um, so in 1935, James Whale uh, did his sequel to the original Universal Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein, which a lot of people, I, I, I guess even me, I would. Say is a more entertaining film, mm-hmm. um, but there's a, there's an incredible shrinking bit in that um, where Doctor Pretorius, who was created for the film, he's not in Mary Shelley's novel. Um, he uh, he puts on a show for Doctor Frankenstein of his dancing miniature people um, that he keeps under glass in his laboratory. And like even today, like that stuff looks so good. Um, mm. And in fact, I find it's it, it sort of amazes me more than modern CGI because you think, how did they do this and make it look so good with so little? Um, mm. But do you know the scene I'm talking about? I don't know. How, I don't know when you last saw Bride of Frankenstein, but. Um,
1: it's been How, a while. I definitely saw the film, but it would have been like 40 years ago.
2: Oh, okay. Well, the clips are are on YouTube, so I would uh, recommend anybody have a look for that stuff. Um, good old Bride of
1: Frankenstein. You can almost say that never in the history of special effects has so much been done for so many by so few. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing Churchill there for a second. So right. there's a Devil Doll from Thirty Six. Dr. Cyclops you would I think you also mentioned dr. Cyclops is from 1940
0: and right. they list
1: that uh, this uh, this author um, K I think it is a K-A-Y-E, don K Kay, mentions that the um, dr. Cyclops is the sixth best but that's from 1940 now you would also mention to be me inner space that's they list that as their fifth best um, favorite. That's from 1987, Innerspace, which I've never seen. So do you want to mention a bit about what Space is about? Well, I don't know that I've...
2: I may have seen it twice. I saw it definitely once in the theater. Uh, it's directed by Joe Dante, who did uh, Gremlins. Um... It might have been the follow-up to Gremlins now that I think of it. Uh, what year did we say that was? 1987? Yeah, it may have been the follow-up to Gremlins. Um, Dennis Quaid is the lead. Martin Short is is also in it. He's sort of the comedy foil for Dennis Quaid. And uh, Meg Ryan is, is in it. And I remember really being smitten by Meg Ryan. Maybe the first film I had ever seen with her in it.
0: Test pilot, Tuck Pendleton, wants to make history. Supermarket clerk, Jack Putter, needs a vacation. Jack, Sir, You're late. That's not good. You know it's coupon day. Lieutenant Pendleton is about to be miniaturized, placed into this needle, and then injected into this rabbit. Rock and roll. But something went wrong. And Tuck's about to get a new destination. <gasps> Inside Jack Putter. I'm not a man. Hello, can you hear me? I'm possessed. Now, Jack's got twice the problems. How you doing, Jack? But he's double the man. With Tuck on his side. Kicking more accounts. In his gut. <laughs> and on his case. You're not going to back groceries all your life, are you, Jack? And only 24 hours left for Jack to get out of danger so that Tuck can get out of Jack. (laughs) Dennis Quaid, Martin Short. Give yourself a shot of adventure. Inner Space.
1: So we got four. The the fourth one is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from 1989.
2: Um, See, and that's going to be... I have never seen a Honey, I Shrunk the Anything film.
1: Yeah, and I saw this like a lot, like when it came out, and that's Rick Moranis, who is just fantastic in it. A lot of people have a lot of great beyond just all the comedy and everything else that he was involved with. Um, that they think favorably on him. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think Rick is is Canadian, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's like John Candy and some well, of the other. I not? think he is. I no, no, I, th-
2: I think he is. But then again, there was sort of that period where after I got into SCTV in the 80s, I just mm. sort of assumed everybody on the show was Canadian, which they're not. You know, like uh, I don't think Joe Flaherty is. Um, there's a few other characters who are not characters, but uh, the performers from SCTV who I just assumed were Canadian. But, um, you know, they weren't. Um, but but I pretty pretty safe to say I think that Rick Moranis is and if if any of uh, our our toffees can tell us otherwise please do. Um, yeah,
1: uh, so so final three are ones that you would be familiar with Ant Man, which was considered to be uh, you know I'm not sure if there were great expectations so to speak. Getting back to Dickens. But, uh, for that film, but it turns out it did a heck of a lot better than people expected. Ant Man from twenty fifteen. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, yeah, uh, Fantastic I... Voyage is my favorite of the whole lot. Like, that's number two is Fantastic Voyage. Maybe because I was sort of a, a, a Raquel Welch. I was going to say, and that's one of her first films. Yeah, from nineteen sixty six. Yeah, um, and what the, what's great about that is. I, if I remember it correctly, it's been a while since I've seen it, but you've got Donald Pleasance is the person they have to save. He's the life. He's the guy they have to save. He's the one on the operating table when they shrink this submarine down and decide that if you have the ability to shrink the submarine down to, so it can actually fly inside your bloodstream and try to save your life, if you got that kind of technology, you think that that, that, that would also mean you've got the technology to be able to save this person without having to Shrink a submarine and inject it into someone's bloodstream, but right. it was a it was a fun uh, film. I, I'm not sure, but it might I think be based on uh, Isaac Asimov' um, story.
2: I think what you just described is one of the uh, one of the um, anti-vax theories that was floating around on online. That, <laughs> that, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be uh, shooting up. You're shooting a submarine into your arm. There, you're gonna have Raquel Welch in you.
1: Well, the thing with Fantastic Void with Donald Pleasance is that they had to save his life because eventually he has to, of course, be in that slasher film, and he also has to Brad be a slasher film. film. Yes, uh, Halloween <laughs> or whatever it was. So, so that's what they should have called it. That slasher that film. That would have been a great. That would have been a great title for Kinda it. Kind of like that '70s film. Well they, have film. To, well, they have to save him. They have to save yeah. him. Otherwise, if he dies on that operating table, he won't be around.
2: Yeah, if, um, if Halloween was first made in the 90s, in the ironic 90s, then they would have called it that slasher film. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Look, I'm getting old, for God's sake. Yeah. But uh, sometimes titles escape me, but also uh, Donald Pleasence. Like we could do a whole podcast on Donald. Oh, Pleasance. and
2: we should because I'm always amazed when like I'll come across a film and Donald Pleasance is in it and you're like he's so good. You know, another person I've got to tell you, at the same time if if I'm going to sort of say that about Donald Pleasance, John Saxon. John mm-hmm. motherfucking Saxon. It's like how many great things is he in? It, it's, it seems to me endless. Black Christmas is one of my all-time favorite films, slasher film, that Canadian slasher film. <laughs> um, and uh, he's uh, he played the, uh, oh, what were they called? Uh, I forget what the male version was of the fembots on The Six Million Dollar Man, but he basically played a like a cyborg robot type guy. Do you remember that on The Six Million Dollar Man? And he, it was cool because the first time you saw him remove his faceplate, um, it looked pretty wild back in 1976 or whatever that was for television. Um, and he was in a... Well, it
1: was a in raw... the Bruce Lee film. Yes, um, yes.
2: I just saw that the other day. It was like, it's John Saxon.
1: Yeah, and he's good in that one. And, it's, and sometimes he doesn't play the good guy, but in this case he was a um, good guy. That's um, Enter the Dragon or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and, he's very um, good in that
2: Uh, yeah there was another one I was going to mention but it has slipped my mind and I will confess now okay we've talked that at some point in the future maybe a Valentine's Day show or something we will do a kind of beefcake
1: and cheesecake yeah
2: cheesecake episode with uh, you know different folks uh, men and women of different persuasions um, talking about who they kind of have crushes on and I got to say um, if I would put John Saxon as one of my male crushes from film. I don't know what it is, but I just like I've always liked his intensity and he's got this like look in his eye whether he's playing the good guy or the bad guy that I I just think the dude looks great.
1: He was pretty intense in Into the Dragon for sure. But you would think that, that we have to think of course, of get that line from Casablanca where I think it might be the um Police detective or Renault, or whatever his name was, he said he's a kind of man that if I were a woman, I would fall madly in love with. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, are we going to do burgers later, by the way? Are we going to fire up the barbecue and do some burgers? Yeah, I think so. I think that, cool. that a nice barbecue would be good. So, yeah, fantastic. And Donald Pleasant, so, to, to not get a, too far away from him, because of course he was in that, that film where they had uh, uh, escaped from that. Um, Uh, Prisoner of War Camp, um, The Great Escape, I think it was called. I think Donald Pleasance was in there. I think he was the forger who loses his eyesight and hangs out with um, the Rockford Files guy, James Garner. (music) Of course, Donald Pleasance, one of his greatest roles was as a president in Escape from New York, where Snake Plissken has to go in and try to rescue him. So I believe that was Donald Pleasance also. Yeah. Um, hey, sorry.
2: I don't know if it's because I'm now fixated on barbecue, but um, of course, if you're talking um, shrinkage, there's also like the related word teeny weeny, um, and which could be like a brand name for cocktail wieners. Um, mm. And like, what I want to ask you is, what the hell is the deal with cocktail wieners? Like, how how do why were they even invented? Um, did, and and are we really supposed to think that they are sort of a posh food item? You know, by throwing cocktail in front of that. Could you do that with anything? Could you could you have like cocktail spam or cocktail are you ready? Are you head ready for cheese?
1: me to are you ready for me to expand your brain in the way yes. that I never thought it could be expanded?
2: Yeah, I want you to like do that to my head the way Horton here's a who did. Yep.
1: You know that whole old concept that you have this ray gun, but it's actually a shrink ray gun? I believe that's what restaurants use to make sliders. Those are actually full-size burgers that they use to shrink ray on. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And is that so, the same,
2: same process with the cocktail wiener?
1: Yeah, yeah, true story. But So then, so does that mean <laughs>
2: could, could a slider? Why don't they then try to sell like the, uh, the slider as a cocktail burger? Is there something about... It, the burger that it can't be—it can't be made posh.
1: I'm not sure what the deal is, but no one—the moment I mentioned slider, I was thinking of the series Sliders and Carrie Wer and, and the rest of them in those first couple of seasons and how good it was. And we almost needed a Sliders episode. But and the the number one on the Den of Geek is the Incredible Shrinking Man, which of course is probably the most famous of all the Richard Matheson. Yep.
0: The science fiction classic, The Incredible Shrinking Man, one of the best sci-fi films of all time. Sky, what was that? I don't know. Some kind of mist. Look at your chest. Are they still too loose? Sure, even the cuffs are dragging. They do look kind of big. I'm getting smaller, Lou, every day. Well, that, that's silly, honey. People just don't get smaller. There's no medical precedent for what's happening to you. I I simply know that you're getting smaller. The x-rays prove it beyond any doubt. Are you going out? Yes, for a little while. Where? Just to the corner, to the store. You'll come right back? Well, of course I will. An innovative film featuring fantastic special effects. Charlie, maybe he's hurt someplace. Maybe he's lost. We've looked everywhere. With these bits of metal, I was a man again. If I was to die, it would not be as a helpless insect in the jaws of the spider monster.
2: All things go back to Richard Matheson and John Saxon and Donald Pleasance. I wonder if the three of
1: them were ever all involved in one project. Yeah, and they do mention that, again, that this uh, article that we've just been referencing, written by Don Kay, is an entertainment journalist by trade, geek by natural design, um, and so on. So definitely uh, uh, check out that um, uh, site there. Um, hey, how much
2: how much time before we have to oh, uh, we have, uh, do, yeah, do the yeah, burgers?
1: Probably four or five minutes before really? we have to... Yeah, we've only got about, because uh, I started, because we're, we're sort of recording, just talking, you know, on the deck, and, and yeah. there's another one of these darn yep. mosquitoes, that we've almost been going 40 minutes, right? Holy We're at about seven-minute mark. Um, oh, that's now, great. I cannot wait to eat it. Now, one thing, uh, and this is kind of neat. This is sort of odd, but you can actually Google this, but there's the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, so under MIT News under the title, Team Invents Method to Shrink Objects to the Nanoscale, that they're actually doing this kind of thing in real science of trying to be able to shrink things. So it's an interesting article about trying to, and this is similar to like nanotechnology, where they are trying to construct or do things at such a small scale but in this case, the their way they're saying it is, it's almost like they are shrinking objects. Holy uh, crap. It's like, how can you um, uh, do something like this? But it does sound like all they're doing is taking the original sort of major idea of the thing and just making it smaller as opposed to making something make it shrink. Um, <laughs> I just sort of glanced at the article, but it does sound like, you know, sometimes that's what it, science fiction is is you're talking, you're, and in some cases, like with my brother-in-law, Rob Sawyer, is what you do is you're reading nature and just new scientist and discovery or discover and all these various magazines. You find finding cutting-edge science and you're extrapolating what might happen, you know, sort of like the old Star Trek series that had sliding doors and they had these salt shakers that would actually scan you in a bio bed you can lie on. It scans your entire body and all of these kinds of concepts and suddenly a, lot, a number of those things Come true.
2: Yeah, it seems like a very non-male uh, pursuit to uh, uh, to try to develop something that is going to be creating shrinkage. But by the way, did you happen to see? Uh, I'm sure you did. Jeff Bezos, his rocket ship, talking about like you know things in, in the realm of and, shrinkage. And, and, and did you
1: ever? And did you ever see the? Movie Fle- uh, Flesh Garden. Uh, no, but I on a see word. related note,
2: <laughs> I saw I saw Orgasmo, and I love Orgasmo. <laughs> by the way, meet Joe
0: Young. Hi. He's a man on a mission. Lisa wants to get married in the temple, but I don't think I can afford it. Who just got an offer? Have you ever considered acting? I got offered a part in a movie, and it pays twenty thousand ah! dollars. He couldn't refuse. What are you acting in? It's uh. Uh, action,
1: adventure,
0: porno. Porno? But when things get out of control... I can't believe I'm doing this. He can't get out. You're gonna finish this film. You don't own me. You want a bad I don't? punk. Without a fight.
1: Ah, heck, criminy.
0: Now, he's becoming the superhero. Ah. Bye-bye. God bless. He was always meant to be. I'm Orgasmo. Now you're a mile! Mile mile mile. Now Orgasmo. Mile, mile, mile. Did someone say my name?
2: Now you're mile. Orgasmo is by the South Park guys. And it's it's a wonderful film. Uh, mm. but uh, certainly not for uh, for the kids. It's not it's not an Avengers type of film. Um, you know what? Like all of this, like, you, like you have blown my brain ever since your your sort of slider insights. Um, how can we be sure? Like, sometimes I think that all of this is a dream. Like when the Cubs won the World Series and Trump got elected, I started to think reality had shifted, and maybe you know all of this is an illusion, um, you know, or as sticks would say, a grand illusion. Mm. Um, you know, how can we be sure that we are not a part of somebody else's holodeck uh, or like dreamatorium experience?
1: Yeah. So we've only got five minutes. To do that. <laughs> You're
2: not going to tell me how. You're not going to so, tell me how.
1: Uh, moving on to no, no. Uh, <laughs> there's actually a neat uh, and and sort of putting me on the spot or myself on the spot, and I would have to look it up. But there's a famous short story about the idea that there is just these people or whoever it is just out of sight just beyond the periphery of your vision that are actually just before you walk outside they're actually constructing outside like whatever it is that you you enter a room that room wasn't even there whatever the contents was and they're busy building it while you're just about to open that door and it right. was such a, a sort of a freakish kind of interesting idea that just Blew my mind. Um, I'm certainly, it would probably just take me two minutes to be able to find who the author and what the title of that story was. It it almost sounds Bradbury esque.
2: Right, Um, it does.
1: um, But when it comes to, because we have to sort of, uh, you know, as we're being. We need to get the
2: burgers going. Yeah, we've got to
1: get the burgers started. um, And it's a good start. I think we do have to, it looks like we may have to split this shrinkage because uh, the problem is we've just got too much there to allow shrinkage to only be in one episode. Yeah, it it's like too girthy. To, yeah, yeah, it's just, I have to apologize for the length of our shrinkage episode because um, it looks like we have to cut it in half kind of right down the middle, so to speak.
2: Uh, let's move on from that image.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, for sure. We've got we've got more to talk about. We've got more stuff to look at. Um, uh, the idea of uh, miniaturization. I mean, certainly we haven't even gotten into Doctor Who because one of my favorite things, and we'll probably talk about that next episode, is how the master would kill people by actually shrinking them. And the concept that I got from that, this is back in the 70s. Um, Might have been even late 60s. But the idea of that is that if you are in the situation where you are shrunk down, it's the shock to your system of being shrunk that actually kills you, which is one of the most evil. And, 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 and like the master doing that to someone just shows how sick he is and what a form- formidable opponent. The master was for the doctor mm. and this is this was originally the idea of a kid show but it grew up pretty fast when you have a character like that doing that to people and enjoying the fact that he's killing these people in that way it's just quite amazing so that's one of the most amazing aspects of shrinkage they don't really cover that in a lot of these films where if people shrink that like the most famous one which you should get into next episode is the idea of biting off a spider. you're shrunk down and there's a spider but well, you're, you're shrunk down so this spider is like like the, the large spiders from harry potter and from the lord of the rings and the hobbit They're like those huge spiders and you actually and there's a pencil there And you have to hold up that pencil and try to stab this spider as it's coming after you. Which I don't know if that scene is maybe from The Incredible Shrinking Man or from some other film, but I do remember the effects of having, just like in Land of the Giants, where you have um, the aspect ratio of people suddenly, oh, you're, you're sitting on a table. Well, that table is a thimble or it's one of those things that you have thread on for you know the the, the spool for for thread, and that's right. now your table and you use all these things and not for their original intent but they suddenly become something that you use and then you're They're fighting repurposing, yeah 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 and i was thinking of the idea of that pencil can you imagine if you're shrunk down so you're only four inches in height trying to lift up a pencil Unless you somehow still have the same strength as you would if you were six feet tall.
2: Yeah, you know, as much as wow, you got cats on the dock. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as much as uh, you just blew my mind, you would have even like doubly blown my mind if we just had a, a big fat spliff. But but we don't right now. So um, yeah, I but will. Can you imagine a, a
1: cat? A cat is such a dangerous. Like like they have shark feet They should have a cat week. because a cat is oh, yeah. an amazing predator. And with a cat, can you imagine if you're six inches tall? Oh, that's running away because my uh, alarm (laughs) is going off. So that is really time for this episode. All right.
2: Well, you know what? After we have our burgers um, in this evening, I guess we'll end up over by the fire, by the campfire. And I will unveil a shrinkage song for you, David. How's that sound?
1: Sounds good. So this was Shrinkage Part 1 on the dock at the cottage. For two old parts talk sci fi. And I am David Klink.
2: And I'm Troy Harkin, and we'll see you soon. Yep.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone.